you know, we didn't go to church a lot, but I, I did always see my dad reading the Bible every day. Mm. And that just made a huge impact on me in ways that still shape me. So that when I, when I did become a Christian, I knew that I should read the Bible. It was like, oh, that's what you do. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And this is the Every Moment His podcast, coming at you from Kearney, Nebraska. Yep. Fall colors are settling in. That's right. Beautiful sanctuary, stained glass. Pumpkin spice lattes are being served up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Time to get out the sweaters. Yeah. And we have a special guest with us, Thais Brecky who is our new Director of Family Discipleship. And you're joining us for the first time on the podcast because you are brand new here at Holy Cross. Mm -hmm. So welcome. Thanks, good to be here. Good to have you. So uh, we wanted to begin just to kind of get to know you a little bit, uh, kind of get to know what your position here entails. And then also just kind of talk about what your position is and, and like what it's we have a very specific name for your position, and we want to talk about why we've chosen those words, family discipleship. That's right. And then what does family discipleship even mean? Uh, so this will be the first of a two-part conversation about how we disciple our families in the home. Um, we like to begin our episodes with a joke. And so do you have a joke for us? I do. Where do they keep the bad rainbows? The bad rainbows. Where? In a prism. <laughs> dark prism. <laughs> wow. Prism of darkness. Sad and funny at the same time. Yeah. 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 All prism, prisms are beautiful. I, I appreciate prisms. Yeah. This one is a penitentiary prism. Yeah. So. Yeah, dark prism. Yeah, maximum security <laughs> prism. So <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes Tim Bravo. can... You can be a little flat sometimes on your dad jokes. Yeah, well, that's the Isn't point. Isn't that a part yeah. of dad yeah. jokes? But that one was, that was good. Yeah. I feel like, well, it's like, that's a good fifth grader joke. Because mm -hmm. they've learned about light a little bit in science mm -hmm. class. And yeah. We'll catch it. So um, this question is always kind of a hard one because you could tell us a lot. But like, basically, how did you get to where you are today uh, here in Kearney? Uh, as a director of Christian education, which we'll talk about what that is later, um, in this ministry role, um, how did you come to faith? All those kind of questions. Um, go ahead. So many questions. Uh, how I came to be here specifically, um, God had a plan, God had a path, and he's just relentless. I'm very stubborn, I'm growing to be a little bit less stubborn, but uh, as a new baby Christian, I... I heard his call into ministry, but just quickly pushed it aside. But it was Nick Moss, my DCE, that kept pushing me and kept saying, hey, you should be a DCE, you would be great, and filling me with opportunities to get out there and, and practice um, what a DCE does, or mm -hmm. what he specifically did at St. Paul. So. And so where's St. Paul? St. Paul is in Lakeland, Florida. Lakeland, Florida. Okay, and so you're from Florida. Yes. Yep. All right. And for those who don't know, a DCE is a director of Christian education. Okay. So that's a, it's a particular to our church body, mm -hmm. but DCE, director of Christian education. So you went to 
university, mm-hmm. but before you went to university to become a DCE, uh, DCE Nick Moss said, here, practice this skill set mm-hmm. and this way of discipling with me. Yep. So that sounds like a pretty formative time in your life. Oh, yeah, it was. He he stepped into that role that I didn't have at the home, and he believed in me. He he just set me up for those things and didn't give up on me. Mm. So in a way, um, I wanted to give that back to others as well, to see those gifts that they have and, and push them forward, but also working alongside the work that God is doing because mm. it's not, I'm just a tool, just a little, little hammer or a drill and... Mm. And God is the one that has that master plan for each one. Cool. So you mentioned you um, you didn't have that coming from your home. Mm-mm. So a lot of people, they grow up in the church, right? They, their families are the ones who are um, their biggest influence. So you have a little bit of a unique story there. Do you want to mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that? Sure. It was the fifth grade roundup, I believe. I was in the lunch line and... I got invited to um, youth group for the first time, and that was when mm-hmm. I heard about um, God and what he's done for me and who Jesus was and what, what he did and um, became a part of that little community where uh, I could just you know hear the stories and ask all the questions, be in a safe environment. And so that's where it all, it all started was youth group. Pretty cool. Mm. It's kind of inspiring, you know, because I think... Um, you don't always see it. I think a lot of kids who end up in youth group are longtime members of the church. They're baptized as babies. But it's really cool to think, yeah, actually this can be a entry point into the Christian faith in general. And you can downplay many things like youth group, Sunday school, um, the children's Bibles, a storybook Bible that we give our kids. You can just say, oh, they're, they're just children things, or, you know, they're not mm-hmm. significant because it's not up front here at worship. But God uses those things and builds faith on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important to, to hold those up and, and to be a part of those things, you, whatever group for your age group, and then um, with different devotional tools at home. Cool. It, it's a reminder to me that it takes a lot of people to form faith. So, like, in my upbringing. I wasn't really involved in the church, but I did have a DCE and a pastor who really encouraged me and really stepped in and gave me some kind of encouragement towards a vocation and ministry. Um, I think we all kind of have a different story, a different path where I know people who would say there's never been a day I haven't known Jesus. And then, and that's really in large part because of their families Mm -hmm. and because of their church. But then the Holy Spirit continues to call, gather, enlighten, right? Um, mm. Anybody who hears the word, so. Yeah, and it's a lot of times it's like those small moments mm-hmm. that you didn't realize were so significant at the time, but then they end up changing your whole course of life, you know, mm. later. And mm-hmm. I remember I had like a fifth grade teacher who um, told me I should consider becoming a pastor and like, it was interesting because we had a kind of a contentious relationship because I was, I don't know, I was in a phase in my life where I was like acting up a lot in class and kind of like causing trouble. And um, so we had a lot of heart-to-heart conversations that were mostly discipline. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, I saw, actually saw her not too long ago and she, she's the, one of the voices who had said, hey, consider this. Mm-hmm. 
and I didn't for like 10 years, you know, or like 12 wow. years. And that then, seed got planted. Yeah, yeah right. right. And then I, but I still remember that conversation. Yeah. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about what a director of Christian education is specifically, a DCE, because um, not everybody kind of knows what a DCE is. And, and so um, how would you describe the role in general, both your training and then what you do? We're trained to be a bit of generalists um, in this lifespan ministry of, we call it womb to tomb, of um, educating, you know, as babies are still in the belly, their their parents, all the way up Mm. to um, the grave, you know, um, this whole lifespan education in the faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of study that goes into it. You go through the scriptures, the Lutheran confessions, a lot of the best ministry practices. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I always say DCEs have superpowers like that pastors don't have. <laughs> and we have more DCEs on staff than pastors. We have three DCEs and two pastors. We're so taking over. You're taking over. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Megan Barone is our DCE to campus ministry. So she's bringing her specific training to that group. Uh, James Hayes is our DCE to uh, middle and senior youth and then also small groups. And then now Thais, you are our DCE to families and children. Mm -hmm. And so what I love is that we have like trained ministry experts um, for each stage of life within youth. So the, the basically age zero to fifth grade and then middle school, high school, and then college. Because those are very formative years. They are. And DCEs have a set of training that we as pastors, I would say that we don't really get. Yeah, I mean, we're really kind of like one-trick ponies, pastors in general. DCEs, they can do it all, you know. Right. Right, we can shovel snow. (laughs) We can teach a Bible study. Yeah, yeah, I got it all. Pastors just have one trick, you know. Well, you go through seminary (laughs) and they give you like all this theology. It's like theology upon theology. And they're trying to make you into a theologian, which is a good thing. We need that. And so pastors lead from the pulpit and from the altar. Uh, We call this word and sacrament ministry. Mm -hmm. But uh, we don't get a lot of training in, say, the developmental end of how you teach certain ages and how you make God's word understandable to people. Yeah, Um, like a, a third grader. Yeah is going to think a lot differently than Mm -hmm. a 12th grader. And if you try the same lesson plan for each of those groups, it's going to be a disaster, but that would be my instinct. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so we, we just really value the work that DCEs do. They, they bring a lot of just unique gifts to, to the team. So um, let's talk about your, your position title. So you are called here to what we call the director of family discipleship position. And some churches will will have a position called children's ministry or children's minister or something like that. And we've kind of specifically avoided that terminology. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I want to talk about why we use the word discipleship and why we use the word family. So Discipleship, what does that mean? It's not a word we typically use hmm. in daily life, maybe. Yeah, I don't, what well, do we mean by that? Yeah, we don't. I mean, I think maybe one of the closest words we might use is kind of like a, a student or 
uh, apprentice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we because we, uh, we're kind of actually trying to shy away from the word member, because you can be a member at Sam's Club or the gym, Amazon Prime. Yeah, low commitment. Yeah, it's just kind of it doesn't really have the same depth that the biblical word member has. Right. But disciple, it kind of has this active connotation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of like the, th- the thinking of apprentice. It's like if you are trying to be a plumber, mm-hmm. like you have to study, but you also have to get in there and imitate mm-hmm. and make mistakes and get coached and all of that stuff and just grow in your skills as well as your knowledge. And I think that's what we're called to as disciples. I don't know. What do you think, mm-hmm. Thais? And I think, I'm jumping a little ahead too, I think that is the major difference of family discipleship versus mm. children's ministry mm. is that um, integrated part of everyday life rather than just coming Sunday morning um, or Wednesday night mm. and, and doing the children's ministry lessons things. Family discipleship goes into um, the parents as well. So it's equipping, supporting, encouraging them because they're the primary influencers of the house. Yep. Um, I, historically, I'm going on a rant, but historically the church was um, divided in that way. There was a, a gap where church was where you drop your kids off and you educated them in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. But at home, you didn't do that. Mm. Um, and... And we need to bridge that gap because that's that's where the faith grows is at home. Research has shown this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so partnering up, it takes a village, you know. So yeah. raising the kids up as a team in the faith, that that is what family discipleship is about. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I think of discipleship kind of in the, in the language of uh, coming under the authority of Jesus, both his forgiving authority and his... Um, transforming authority that he begins to change our lives from the inside out Hmm. and and I also think of it in terms of learning from and following Jesus so it's a very like day in day out thing and yeah as it pertains to families uh, the church kind of took discipleship away from families and we kind of enabled this mentality that hey we're the trained professionals drop your kids off Hmm. we'll give them what they need to know and then but you don't need to do this and it can be a little bit of an anxious process giving that back it it, and and we we don't want to be misunderstood here we as as church staff we are here to teach and to support and to help but it's just that we want to be doing this at home too Mm -hmm. yeah i think if you just break it you know if you're a numbers person and you just break down the numbers it's like okay at church once a week you're gonna have maybe two hours to influence Mm -hmm. kids or anyone disciple you know any uh, adult disciples but then if parents are totally on board and have this as like a heart mission to shape these kids um, after the fear and love of God um, in Jesus then you know, you have uh, at least 20 times that amount of time Mm -hmm. where parents get to interact and you live life together and you forgive one another. And if you're doing it all in the name of Jesus, like that's really what we're after. Yeah. Yeah. And so family discipleship is really, it begins with the parents being disciples and learning and growing in their faith. And, and then what arises from that is 
multiple conversations, sometimes big ones, and, but a lot of just really small, quick ones, mm -hmm. and just observing someone's life as an adult. Um, I remember as a kid, um, you know, we didn't go to church a lot, but I, I did always see my dad reading the Bible every day. Mm. And that just made a huge impact on me in ways that still shape me so that when I, when I did become a Christian, I knew that I should read the Bible. It was like, oh, that's what you do. Mm. Yeah. So discipleship, um, we've used that language as sort of an active word. And then the word family is kind of encouraging families to, to take up this role again. So what would be the main difference between children's ministry and family ministry? Is there a difference? I think it's that mindset shift of, mm -hmm. of coming together as a whole to, um, for the faith formation of the kids rather than um, just the church doing it two hours you know, a week or, or so. Because I think of um, you know, like math or science with school. If mm -hmm. you take just one hour a week to focus on math, and that's it, you're not going to learn anything. It's going to take mm. you, well, you might, but it's going to take you just a little bit longer. And same with, with mm. English, because that was my, English is my second language. And I remember learning, um, trying to learn in Chile still, and um, we didn't learn until we were in Florida, and it was just around us. We were surrounded with everyone speaking English. Everything you read was in English and just being ingrained in it. Mm. So I think that, to me, is the difference of mm. family ministry versus children, mm. is that you are just immersed in that ministry rather than getting just two or three hours here and there. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great challenge, you know, because like you said, I think at least the last couple generations are not used to maybe having this outlook. Um, but changing that outlook, I think historically this has been the way Christians live. You know, it's like, you know that what you're trying, you're intentionally trying to bring these, your kids up and you know that the world's not going to do it for you. So if you just think of like early church, you know, you're in Rome, you know these kids are going to be um, taken by the pagan culture or the extremely Roman nationalistic culture um, unless you intervene. So mm -hmm. you're, you're a little bit more us against the world. And I think maybe we're coming back to that to some degree yeah. is we're we just are. really having to clarify what is it that we believe if we don't intentionally shape our kids in this direction, they're going to be basically imprinted by the Internet's morality. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to take that and run with it. But, hey, Thais, I, I'm a parent. I don't have all the answers, and I didn't really see this modeled maybe growing up and help me out. <laughs> right, and, and that's okay, too, because we can come from a family where this wasn't modeled in the home. So when, when you become parent, how do you model this? It's f completely foreign to you. Or maybe your kids are already, they're not kids anymore. They're teenagers. They're grown. Um, did you miss your window? Did you miss your chance mm. to practice this? Definitely not. Um, it's just taking intentional efforts um, to see the moments that are happening in the home. Uh, sitting around at the dinner table, 
uh, talking about highs and lows. What, what did God do today? Um, what did you, how did you see him working mm -hmm. today in your life? What does that even look like? What does that question mean? Um, did you, uh, you know, read your Bible today? Or this is what happened today, and it made me really mad, or it made me really happy. But just opening up and having those conversations and, and praying together as well, having that level of vulnerability that mm. you can only have when you have those faith conversations. Really, the aim is to gradually make talking about faith normative. Mm -hmm. Not a weird thing, but something we do. Yeah. Um, you know, the more and more I'm a parent, I realize uh, that, that parenting is leadership. Hmm. You know, you're, you're leading the next generation. And one of, just a, a leadership quote that's really shaped me is this idea that, that we lead out of who we are and what we're becoming. And so, and to kind of apply that to parenting, we disciple our children out of who we're becoming as disciples. And so really the first most important thing I think is that we are being shaped by Jesus Christ as a disciple. And so I think even just a first step for a parent who might be saying, I don't even know where to start, or mm -hmm. maybe my spouse isn't on board with this, or maybe my kids aren't on board with this. I would say that even your own discipleship on a daily basis spending that five minutes in, in God's word and in prayer, being in a small group or, or maybe just being in worship, mm -hmm. you know, more frequently. Mm -hmm. I think those just are all regularly. just kind of. Yeah, well, like you said, um, you know, you saw your dad uh, in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's like you didn't even really maybe think about it that much, but you caught the meaning of it. And yeah. It became natural. This is important. Yeah, and I think. I hear two things. First, I think it's your Thais, you're saying it's it's not maybe as complicated. Like you don't need a PhD to start mm -hmm. doing this. You don't right. need to be a theologian. Yeah, right. Yeah. You can just start um, mm -hmm. small, you know, ask a good question or open up the Bible. But then I also hear um, this is a process that needs a lot of grace. Like if mm. you're a parent, you feel like you've missed your window. That can weigh on you. I oh, think I've known real. some people that have really felt that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, well, it's, it's not too late because God does great things with little moments, you know, and, and he's not done working. And even when you weren't working, he was. So now is a great time to, to be forgiven and to take up that mantle again, to take up that process again and just say, pray, you know, thanks be to God. Please, God, bless whatever, whatever good I can do for my kids and for my family. Just take mm -hmm. it and bless it. And even as a grandparent, too. Because yeah. maybe you see some missed opportunities with mm. your kids. And you can still disciple, I think, even when your kids are adults. Mm -hmm. But you've got these grandchildren that you can pray for and you can have those conversations with. And, uh, yeah. Mm. Well, I think this is a good segue to our next episode. Uh, next episode, we're going to kind of break this down, the nuts and bolts of, like, okay, Discipleship in the family is important. Uh, what are some ways that, uh, that you, Thais, you know, can come alongside families and help them? And then what are just some practical things that we can do as families? Maybe even just small little baby steps that we take. Um, you know, we don't have to have this all figured out in the moment, but we can take some steps in the right direction. So. Awesome. All right, see you next time.